Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we are being joined by two guests. We're welcoming back Jocelyn, who was on last week's episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And our new guest. New guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to butcher your last name. Is Alex oh, Stout? Stout. Awesome. Stout. Yeah, you so said that, it right. That D is tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and so we, we don't already know Alex. No, we don't. I know, and like this is uh, first. this is like a first to actually like not have any connection to somebody who's on the that's show. That's what with I us. thought. <laughs> so that's exciting, and um, finally we're breaking our tradition of bringing people on who worked with us at Disney. <laughs> Though we do still have Jocelyn with us today. Yeah. Um, it's a step, a little baby steps. Okay? Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> So thank you for um, being the first person to jump on who's just a fan of the podcast, and we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thanks for reaching out and telling me what you wanted to be on, so we appreciate that a lot. Yeah, Um, you're welcome. And we already have Jocelyn's Disney profile from last week, so we're just going to get Alex's this week. My voice is going. All right. (laughs) So first question is, how did you get into Disney? Well, so this is a pretty unique story. Actually, on my first birthday, my grandfather bought me shares or stock in Disney. Um, So I had that certificate saying that, you know, I'm a Disney shareholder hanging on my bedroom wall for a while. And every year, you know, I get a couple dollar check from Disney, which is just (laughs) really cool thing, especially since he's passed now. It's still this like memory that I hold on to. Um, But as a kid, you know, I've always watched Disney movies and, you know, they're a part of my childhood. So, and I still love them today. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah, that is. My dad owned stock in Disney for a while whenever I was younger. I didn't know that. But then he sold it. I'm like, why'd you do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I could never sell it. It's just too precious to me. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, it's only going to get bigger and better, right? I mean, come on. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) So who would you say your favorite character is, if you can pick one? (laughs) Yeah. Or two. So, yeah. I thought about this for a while, and definitely my choices and my favorites are not the mainstream Disney favorites. Um, But I would say my favorite character is actually Buzz Lightyear. And I have a tattoo. I have a Buzz Lightyear tattoo on my foot to infinity and beyond. Awesome. That's awesome. He's my favorite. (laughs) I love Buzz. Well, you're talking with two Tomorrowland cast members, ex-Tomorrowland <laughs> cast members, yeah. so they definitely <laughs> appreciate that. Love that ride. <laughs> um, what is your favorite movie? This is another unique one. My favorite movie is The Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I that support that so, so much. Is that He's my voice? <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I think that that movie is super underrated. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. No, I totally agree. It's probably one of the most underrated. And I'm like, why do people 
people not like this movie? Like it's it's hysterical, and yeah. Isma and Kronk are like the the best villain duo of all time. <laughs> I think <laughs> they are. Like I really wish that Disney would just push that more. Like they should put something more with it in the theme parks, and I just feel like it would do so well because. I know that you say that that's, like, a unique one, but I feel like I actually hear that a lot, that people love that movie, and Mm -hmm. it surprises me that there isn't more out there for it, because I do hear, at least maybe just amongst my friends, because we're all, like, huge Disney people, so everybody (laughs) is like, Emperor's New Groove, like, we love that movie. Um, So, yeah, I agree, that is a great movie. Maybe We always joke that they could put a... um... Uh, Cusco summer getaway in Typhoon. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. <laughs> With the water slide. With the water slide. <laughs> it was so great. Oh, that would be awesome. That's not a joke. That's real life. That <laughs> they need to do that. <laughs> um, Maybe that's where my obsession with llamas stemmed from. Probably, because she really does have an obsession with llamas. They're just so cool. Cusco. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would your favorite park be if you've, if you've been the parks? Yeah, yeah, I have been before. Um, and listening to all of your episodes so far, I think I'm the first to say that Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. It's tied so. for my first. <laughs> I, I totally, I'm with you there. Um, why do you like it the most? Um, well, you know, I'm a a hardcore nature and animal lover. I just find so much peace and just relaxation in the park. I love yes. being surrounded by everything there. And it's just, I feel more at home and I feel more magic at Animal Kingdom than I do at even Magic Kingdom, which is sort of ironic, but. <laughs> yeah, see, like, I can never pick between the two. Like, Magic Kingdom is so classic, but Animal Kingdom brings this, like, new type of magic to the parks mm-hmm. that I like so much. And one my my favorite part of Animal Kingdom is just the trails. Like, to walk yeah. the trails in the back and see the animals, especially the tiger one. That is my all-time favorite. I love the tiger exhibit. And I love the things that Animal Kingdom does, too. Like, I'm super into Earth and, like, trying to preserve our one and only Earth. Like, this is all we get. Um, and Animal Kingdom does take steps in the right direction to like help with that so yeah i just love the the message that they're they're providing so for sure have you seen pandora i have not yet so i'm planning my my next disney vacation and you know gotta get those fast passes for uh, (laughs) we haven't (laughs) seen it either i've heard that 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 new ride is just mind-blowingly amazing yeah it's like Soren on steroids. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically what I've heard. <laughs> uh, it's my turn. Sorry. Yep, last um, one. Okay, last question. What is your favorite Disney memory? So, when I was a kid, I went through phases where, um, you know, my favorite movie was Snow White, and then my favorite movie was The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But of course, I didn't know the actual titles of the movie, so they were The High Hose, as in Seven Dwarfs, that's what I wanted to watch, <laughs> or uh, Quasimodo, as in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And then when I was younger, my favorite movie was Cinderella, but I could never say Cinderella. I, I always said Tissy Raya. my kid word for cinderella but um to this day um every time i come home to visit my parents my dad 
it's like Tizzy Rye is home. Like it's his Aww. nickname. Um, so like I just I love that. And being a, a blonde-haired person, yeah. I always identified with Cinderella the most. Um, and I just like I love that nickname. It's been like gamer tags for me and yeah. you know stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, it'll be my my nickname for for life. That's so. cute. You're lucky. The rest of us had to come up with our own usernames, you know? You're yeah, just really. born with one, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> oh, usernames. I've got some funny ones. Oh, God. So today, we will be discussing Walt's 10th animated feature Jeez, film. we're on the big 10. I know. Uh, Melody Double Time. Digits. So, Melody Time... It's just a quick little blip. It's another one of those package films. They're We're almost s- out, guys. We're almost, We're almost done. Out. I know a lot of people like them, and I'm sorry, but I... One I'm more. Just, I'm ready to move on. But <laughs> this one has seven shorts in it. Um, they're all pretty cute. I liked this one better than previous ones, I think. And... Um, I, you didn't fall asleep. So. I did not fall asleep during this one. That's so a that, start. <laughs> that is good. So it's time for the 30-second Disney Dash. If, uh, does anybody want to go first, or do you want one of us to go first? I don't care either way. Does anybody want to know why she's asking if anybody else wants to go first? What, because I'm pulling up information <laughs> to, to, to talk about it? Bingo! I could could go first. Okay, alright. Let me uh, pull up my stopwatch. See if I can do better than last week. (laughs) (laughs) What were you last week? Like 19? I didn't didn't even finish. Oh, that's right. I didn't even finish Bongo. (laughs) That's right. Well, you're just very descriptive. It's okay. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Alright, are you ready? Yeah. Go. Okay, so we start off with Once Upon a Winter Time, which is basically a date gone wrong. Then we go to a bumblebee who has a really terrible nightmare with lots of music, followed by Johnny Appleseed, who planted a lot of apple trees. Then there's a little tugboat, another um, another short about just trees. And then there's we see Donald Duck and hear a lot of fun music, and then we end up with Pecosville. 21! Very nice! Yes. <laughs> you... You tamed it down and got to the bare minimum, which is exactly what you need to do for a 30-second Disney Dash. <laughs> Kids, that's the secret. <laughs> that's the secret. Got um, it right. Awesome. I'll go next. Okay. Ooh, you guys are brave. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we don't want to go, and we do it every week. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Set. Go. Seven short stories fueled by music takes us into melody time. First we see winter where all of the humans and animals are in love, but skating on thin ice is super dangerous. Then a cute bumblebee can't catch a break. Then wowzer, Johnny Appleseed really likes apples and plants the West, but chug a chug chug, little toot's a big toot just like his dad. Then trees. Next, a crazy woodpecker chicken gets Donald Duck and Jose Carioca drunk on the samba. Last, Pecos Bill builds Texas, falls in love, but his horse is pissed and bounces suit to the moon. i loved how yours like was a story in itself (laughs) (laughs) it had personality you were at 26 26 good job yes excellent do you want to go you want me to go yeah i want to go i want to get this over with (laughs) all right ready set 
Melody Time is broken into seven different pieces. First is Once Upon a Winter Time, where we see two lovers skating. Well, four lovers skating, technically. <laughs> then we see a bumblebee who has a really weird dream. Johnny Appleseed, Johnny Appleseed <laughs> plants uh, apple trees all over the West, including Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Then we see uh, Little Toot, which is the little tugboat, who wants to be just like his dad. There's a short about trees. And then we go to Donald Duck, Jose Carioca, and the Arukan bird. The really weird bird from the three... Uh, Time's up. <laughs> Caballeros? <laughs> is he in the three Caballeros or Saludos Amigos? Yeah, yeah okay. I looked three it up because I was like... I couldn't remember where I recognized him from, and then I couldn't remember how to pronounce what he's actually called, because in my short, I called him the woodpecker chicken, <laughs> but I think it's pronounced Aroquan. Aroquan. Yes. Yeah, that is. Yeah. It's funny you say woodpecker, because I did read somewhere during that episode that he was kind of meant to be the retaliation to Woody, Woody Woodpecker. woodpecker? Uh, I thought he looked kind yeah. of like him, too. Yeah. Kind of funny, but kind of annoying, you know. Disney <laughs> Universal going at it. How are already. you going to time me? Oh, oh. Yeah. You want to just count in your head? Yeah. <laughs> I will. Right. It's not going to be 30 seconds, I promise. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Set. I just want to say I'm really bummed I didn't get to Pecos Spill because that's another shout out to the parks. And I love that yes. all of these package films have something in the parks from them. But we'll get to that later. It's true. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. <laughs> we start with two couples who find themselves on thin ice, but then all is well. Then a poor bumblebee is pushed around with music. Johnny, Johnny Appleseed plants some apple trees and makes friends with animals and pioneers. Little Toot makes a big mess and even bigger rescue and makes me have a big LOL. Donald and Jose Carioca get their samba on. Finally, Pecosville loses his one true love thanks to a betrayal from his best friend and a bouncy butt. 22 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> a bouncy butt. <laughs> it's true. She went to space. Gone forever. <laughs> you know, guys, I have to admit, while reading that 30 second Disney dash, I think I fell asleep for the trees. I don't remember that at all. No, literally, it was the shortest one and it oh, was okay. over in a heartbeat. Seriously. I just remember, yeah. like, the intro screen with, like, the one tree and then they painted, like, a pretty shadow on it. That was it, pretty much. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was about it. I used. I used to always think that the trees was part of the Johnny Appleseed segment, but then when I rewatched it back, it's actually not even there in order of how things happen. So, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of there. I could see that, though. I, mean, I always fast-forwarded through that section as a kid. <laughs> just going from little toot to blaming it on the samba. We're sorry, Walt. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. My very short little history blurb. I'm sorry, there's not really a whole lot to say about it. I gave most of the info for your fun facts. Thanks. Meg, help me out with my fun facts this week. Shout out to the best wife ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Melody Time was released in 1948, and as I said before, it's the 10th theatrically released animated feature produced by Walt. Um, it was released on May 27th, so almost like to the day of us recording this, well, which is right. cool. Um, Melody Time did not, they didn't say that it met the artistic accomplishments of Fantasia, but it was mildly successful. It kind of had really mixed reviews based on what I was reading. Um, and it is the fifth Disney package film following Saludos Amigos, The Three Caballeros, Make Mine Music, and Fun and Fancy Free. And that's all I got, really. <laughs> well, you can help me with the fun facts if you want. Okay. Since they're your fun facts. 
So the segment that Meg doesn't know that exists, um, trees. <laughs> uh, to preserve the look of the original story sketches, there was a layout artist named Ken O'Connor who came up with the idea of using frosted cells and rendering the, pa- the pastel images right onto the cell. So before they photograph each cell, um, they laminated like a clear lacquer to protect the pastel, and that resulted in an animation that had never been seen before. I'll say I'm sad I didn't get to actually see this properly because we watched this on YouTube and it was <laughs> really tiny. It was, yeah, it was like in the corner because I ordered the movie and because of the holiday weekend, right, it like right. got pushed back and then I didn't it's get okay. it in time. And <sighs> It's just important that we saw but it. But we watched it. We'll watch it again. Yeah. yeah. I want to see it on the full screen and not sped up. It yeah. was sped yeah. up. Everybody's voices were really <laughs> Yeah. Um, I I almost watched that version first. And then I was like, wait, there's something wrong here. You should go and watch that, though, and go to the Johnny Appleseed one because the singing is hilarious. And then during Pecos Bill, the two children, like, I can't understand them because they sound like chipmunks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Bobby Driscoll and, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's worth it. (laughs) Just for a good laugh. Um, so, Melody Time is considered to be the last anthology feature made by the Walt Disney Animation Studios. Uh, the next film to be released was The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which featured two stories. See, okay, I don't understand why that's not considered a package film, a package but, film too. but Fun and Fancy Free is. Right, it's only two, mm-hmm. but Fun and Fancy Free was only two. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's still considered a package film, it's just not an anthology, because oh. this one has... Mult, like it has sev- several sort like stories packed in mm-hmm. it, whereas um, like about a Mr. Toad only has two, so it's still consider it's considered the the la- like the sixth and the last package, package film, film okay. but it's not an anthology because it's only it's only the two. Got hmm. it. Okay. Thank you. I'm excited for that one, but yeah, it's a good so one. Good. I've yeah. never seen it. Big surprise. So, again, as we've mentioned, these package films were financially and artistically lightweight productions meant to bring in profits so that the studio could return to those fairy tales, single single narrative feature forms. That I'm literally craving, yes. like, so bad. <laughs> so this leads to, two years later, Cinderella, which it'll take us maybe two weeks. Two weeks? weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So while the shorts contrast in length, form, and style, a common thread is throughout each... They're all accompanied by a song from musicians and vocalists of the 40s. So we see, um, which I think is a later fun fact, but this is the last time Walt works with the Andrews sisters. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. really like them. I think they did um, They did that Johnny... Fedora. Yeah, Johnny Fedora and um, oh, yeah, I love that song. the Blue Bonnet. Yeah. And that was my favorite from that movie. So yeah. I'll miss them. Um, as opposed to Fun and Fancy Free whose story was bound to tales of Bongo and Mickey the Beanstalk. In this film, Walt let his animators and his color magicians have free reign, which I think is really interesting of Walt to do. He seems like he would be very, like, this is how I want it. Yeah. But I think he trusts his animators, you know? And, like, what I, I think that that fits really well with this film compared to Fun and Fancy Free, though, because, like, Fun and Fancy Free is a story, you know, like Mickey and the Beanstalk, it has to tell a specific story. There's a beginning and there's an end. And not that there isn't in Melody Time, but it 
focuses more on the music in a lot of the shorts than really the story. Like, the story ones are really, like, the Johnny Appleseed one and Pecos Bill, but the others right. are are really just visual. You know what I that mean? That Fantasia feel. Right. It feels yeah. very Fantasia-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I actually really liked the uh, with the Bumblebee. I thought I how that matched that up one. with the music. It was yeah. really cool. It reminded me very much of Fantasia. Yeah. So, as I said, Melody Time was the last film that the Andrews sisters took part in. They sang during Lil Toot. Um... <laughs> I liked that song. One of the members, Maxine, said it was quite an experience. On the wall at the studio, they had the whole story in picture form. Two songwriters played the score, and Walt Disney explained it to us. It was a new thing for Disney. We sang the narrative. It was very exciting to work with Disney. He was such a gentleman. So is this like the start of him like really acting out stuff? Or, like, really walking people through his stories? Is that what they're saying? No, they're saying that what was new for him was they sang the narrative to the short. It wasn't, like, someone talking it and, like, a song was just happening. But, like, didn't that kind of happen with Johnny Fedora and Alice Alice Blue Bonnet? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe they did those very close together, though, and that's why that quote is associated. Because, as we know, a lot of these were in process... Together. during the war and like they just kind of put a lot of them together and re- release them at different times so mm-hmm. the two children who hear the story of Pecos Bill so when we get that f- little live action of um like the cowboys around the fire that is Bobby Driscoll and Luann Patton who we just saw in Song of the South and who we will see in So Dear to My Heart yep and they're still super Bobby cute. Driscoll plays Johnny yeah and then Luana Patton plays Ginny. Mm-hmm. No dogs were drowned in this movie, don't worry. <laughs> no. And Bobby Driscoll goes on to voice Peter Pan. Yeah, I just yeah. found that out, mm-hmm. like, pretty recently, actually. Uh, and Luana, Luana shows up in Johnny Tremaine in the mid, like, 56. That's like a live action, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, Walt finds she the looks... people he likes and he keeps them around, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Jocelyn? What? Uh... No. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. I was just making sure I didn't talk over you. No. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melody Time uh, was the last feature film to include Donald Duck and Jose Carioca until 1988 when they appeared together in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Which is kind of sad because I really like their dynamic together. I do too. Like Donald's a big grump. Jose is just like, so I'm carefree. living by the seat of my pants, you know, and he kind of brings Donald out of his grumpy shell. I really like Jose. Mm-hmm. I hey. missed Panchito though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Disney later released a packaged film entitled Music Land, which was a nine segment film which recycled sequences from both Make Mine Music and Melody Time. And it was so. only. Oh, yeah. It says it right there. It was only nine segments, so it wasn't like both oh, of them mashed together. It. They, like, picked some from each and put them together to make a new... I don't know why they did that, but... This is kind of fun for anyone who, like us, is into, like, advertising. Um, they had various taglines for the film. So one of them was, for, for your all-time good time, <laughs> seven hit songs, 11 musical stars, and Walt Disney's great new musical comedy. Which some of it did make me laugh, but I don't know if that's just because I watched the sped up version or <laughs> what. Yeah, that was funny. Sure. 
which Bobby, I'll bring that part up later. Bobby Driscoll's voice was also kind of funny. I don't know what he said. It was pretty <laughs> It was like listening to Chip and Dale. I don't know <laughs> what he said. Also, did you... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, you two should share the sped up YouTube version in the Facebook group, so, yeah, we so will. people listening can get a kick out of it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I will. And did anybody else notice, like, the mashed up Chippendale in one little chipmunk in the uh, Johnny Appleseed segment? <laughs> like, yes. he oh. has <laughs> Chip's black nose and, like, looks like Chip, but then has one tooth, like, kind of like how like Dale's... Like tooth. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's like a mashup of Chip and Dale and one chipmunk. Maybe that's Chip and Dale's dad. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Watch it, like, actually be that. It's like some hidden Disney nugget of information. We just found it. <laughs> um, due to the controversy surrounding the smoking in Pecos Bill, which I don't know if they really took it out in what we watched. Um, but apparently the segment was heavily edited when it was released onto VHS in 1998. Um, while Bill is shown smoking cigarettes in several sequences, the edited versions cut these scenes and kind of results in, like, some odd hand-mouth movements for Bill. But I didn't really notice anything. Yeah, I and don't it, know if the one we watched was edited like that. It also removes... I did see the tornado. Yeah, it also removes the entire tornado sequence, so we must have seen the yeah. original. I think once. I watched the original, too. Yeah. Because I was... I was I knew about that going in, but then, you know, I saw the whole tornado scene and, you know, he puts the, he rolls the cigarette on his tongue and I was like, okay, well that's there. So if they would have taken anything out, they would have taken that. So. Yeah. And see the version I have does not actually have, like, it doesn't have that sequence. Oh, okay. I I do have one of the VHS types from, from 98 and yeah, the, that scene isn't there. Hmm. Well, the so one on YouTube has it, so <laughs> yeah. it's sped up a little bit, but it's there. It's sped up a lot of it. Um, according to a source, I don't know who, upon reviewing the music that Ken Darby had composed for Johnny Appleseed, Walt Disney actually scorned the music and he described it like New Deal music and that totally enraged Darby. And he said to Disney, that is just a cross-section of one man's opinion. Um, and I guess apparently Darby was only employed for a short time after that with the Walt Disney Company. So don't fight your boss. They, uh, they were fighting. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this one on the podcast. I thought that it was funny. That's why I put it in there. Do you want me to is say it, it? Yeah. Is it the one about, uh, Pegosville kissing Sue and the yeah. guns shooting off? Yeah. <laughs> I read that one and I found that too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, I'll read it. So, (laughs) uh, Jerry Beck, in his book, The Animated Movie Guide, comments on a risque joke in the Pecos Bill segment that somehow made it past the censors. And I know a lot of people, like, in later movies, I've seen a lot of, like, the conspiracy YouTube videos of, like, all the things that are hidden in Disney movies, like the word sex in the sky and Mm -hmm. Lion King and... How Little Mermaid's castle looked not very... It looked kind of phallic. ...kid-friendly. So they said that when Bill kisses Sue and his guns rise from their holsters and begin to fire by themselves, it's supposed to simulate ejaculation. Um, And he adds jokingly that perhaps Roy Rogers was covering the eyes of Bobby Driscoll and Milana Patton during this scene. (laughs) 
So I don't know. Maybe that is something that uh, that snuck in there from the anime. I don't know because I read this fun fact um, actually before I watched it, and when I watched it, I was like, I never would have made that connection. I still don't know if I do because like you know like yeah. another ones like. Um, you know, one of them will get kissed and they, like, turn red from the bottom up and, like, yeah. out or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, which it's I guess the same you could reaction. Make. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I could see how someone would say that. I'm just gonna <laughs> just choose to... <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know, but when I read that, I was like, can I say this on the podcast? <laughs> but we did, so hey. <laughs> um, do you want to read this one? Because this is important to you. Yeah. It's the last one. Okay, so, as you guys know from previous episodes of the podcast, I I have loved learning where a lot of things come in the um, theme parks from these, like, earlier movies that I didn't know. Like, I mean, I knew of Casey at the Bat, but I didn't know, like, where it originated, and I, um, what was the other one that, it was, like, just a couple weeks ago. I, I don't I can't remember. remember. I don't know. Oh, was it the, um... The Mickey's being like with Mickey and the Beanstalk, yeah, the yeah, yeah. little shop. So oh, Mickey's. Sir Mickey's. Yeah. yeah. So another one is in the Frontierland part of Magic Kingdom. There is a restaurant called Pecos Bill Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. Um, and there is a sign with Bill on it outside of the restaurant, as well as various images of him and the other characters and their accessories around the cafe. Now that I know this, I'm definitely going to take time next time I'm there to go and look around because I've never, um, I've never looked around that place before. I always I just, just walk my in and I'm bowl. like, oh, I want a taco bell, taco bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's air conditioned and a nice place to sit and eat on a hot day at Magic Kingdom. Um, but it also says a pair of gloves with the inscription to Billy, all my love, slew foot Sue, which is located in a glass display case. And um, in the world of Disney, which is at Disney Springs, and I wonder if this is still going to be there because I know that they're redoing a lot of the world of Disney right yeah. now. But they say that Jose Carioca from Blame It on the Samba appears in a mural on the ceiling among many other characters. And in a glass case behind the windows of the All-Star movies, there's a script for Melody Time. And I actually oh. think that I remember seeing that when we stayed at All-Star movies. They have, like, all... I think that it's by the check-in desk. They have, like, all of these frames of all of this, um... Not merchandise, but... Memorabilia. Memorabilia, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like I remember seeing that before. So I thought that that's cool. Again, I love... Pulling things back from these, like, older movies into the theme parks and seeing how they use them and how they just make it... Like, I, I had no idea Pecos Bill was, like, a legitimate character right. from <laughs> Disney from an earlier thing. I just thought that they, like, made it up. Like, oh, it's Frontierland. We have to come up with something that fits it. Pecos Bill. Because I don't put anything past the Imagineers to come up with something like that on the spot and make it fit. But the fact that they actually pulled it from Disney history and, like, the archives just makes it even better. So. I also, I don't know if this is right, but I stayed at the All-Star Music Resort, and there's, like, a samba section of hotels, and I think that some of the big instruments are the same that are in, like, the big statues of instruments might be the same as some of the ones that get enlarged during yeah. the Blame on the Samba scene. Oh, I'm not sure, cool. though. Oh. I feel sense. like I remember that. I don't know if that's true or not, but... If anybody knows, tell us, because I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. 
Well, and also at, at Disneyland, the Golden Horseshoe, especially when it when the park opened all the way through the 80s, they did the Golden Horseshoe review, and they had the, the two main people, Wally Bogue and uh, Betty Taylor, played Pecos Bill and Slewfoot Suit as part of the show. That's cool. I never and they got would to sing see the, that, or and maybe would, I did when I was little, and I don't remember, but... They have, because um, I know they had filmed uh like a couple of episodes for the disneyland tv show and you can find you can find those on youtube like one of them has a bunch of other uh stars as well including annette funicello mm. and then one was like their four like i think like their four ten thousandth show but they have like they sing the whole like they sing the whole song including including like the cigarette portion that they had um edited out and it's it was really cool to watch. That's neat. I have to look it up. Fun facts. Fun facts. That wraps up the fun facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I figured since this, I mean, there are characters that we can pull from, but I thought that it would be more beneficial to just kind of talk about each segment slightly so that people who might not have access to it can like understand what we're talking about a little bit. Um, even though I will post the sped up version for you. For <laughs> so do you want to just like go back and forth with them? Sure. Okay. So the first one is Once Upon a Winter Time. Um, and this one is, there's two characters, Jenny and Joe. They don't have any spoken dialogue though. It's just them on a date and they're ice skating. And then there's these two little rabbits who are like basically mirroring everything that they're doing. So you can see a date from a human perspective and from uh, an animal. When they put their little tails in the snow and make hearts. I oh know. my god. That's <laughs> so cute. Know, it was so cute. Um, and it just like goes really well with the music. Like they're basically dancing on the ice and then things kind of go south a little bit on their dates. And they find out that the ice is thin. Literally. Yep. But they ignore the signs. They ignore it. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, then there's this whole chase of, you know, the ice breaks, and then she's drifting off, and she gets knocked out, and then he has to go and save her, and it's uh, it gets very dramatic at the end. But it's all no, I have to I have to point out that the horses, squirrels, and birds are the ones that actually save them on the ice, and they don't get any credit for that. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just all like, like oh i'm stuck in the snow and then here come the horses <laughs> and the little birds with their with their rope and they come and save the, save day. the day yeah and at the end she's like oh my hero with the boy and that's no he didn't no. do anything <laughs> give that horse a kiss come on <laughs> so the next short is bumble boogie which i thought that was an adorable name to begin I with i think that this was like my second favorite. Yeah, it was super cool. I liked I, I liked how in every sequence it started with like the paintbrush mm-hmm. and it was like painting a whole new story. Yeah. And I liked how yeah. the little bumblebee came to life cuz he even like kind of like pushed himself out of the brush like, "No, yeah. I'm done. I'm ready to fly." Yeah. Um but then he just gets like the stuffing knocked out of him with all this <laughs> music going on, but it fits so well um the animation to the music. Like I like when he gets in the cage and he starts shaking the bars. It like matches up perfectly yeah mm-hmm. very fantastic it, it reminds me of like pink elephants on parade how like things morph into other things mm-hmm. and it like tells the story that way mm-hmm. yeah i like yeah. that and i enjoyed it yes 
Um, well, I really like this one that like Flight of the Bumblebee is a piece of music and they jazzed it up. So the rendition that is in Melody Time is slightly different, but it's still the same melody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they, they just make it more fun. Um, and yeah, I just I like that. So it's sort of like a shout out to Fantasia yeah. and actually using pre-produced music. Yeah. yeah. You know what makes it really fun? When you put it on one and a half speed. Oh my god. <laughs> it's already fast as is. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do we have a cat in no, here? That was my stomach. Oh, I have a cat in here. <laughs> <laughs> that was just my stomach I love it. I've been watching your cat, Alex. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> She is very irritated with me that I'm paying attention to you guys and not her. She's running in and out, and I'm like, stop, because all of her toys are loud and have bells, of course, so. I just saw her, like, zip down the hallway and then fly back in. So funny. Sorry to call your stomach out. I thought that, like, it was was a cat. That was so funny. I thought it was, like, a cat breathing really loudly. (laughs) So good. All right, next up is The Legend of Johnny Appleseed. But it's actually called, like, The Story of Johnny Appleseed and... What is it? The Pioneers or something? No, no. it's like... Because it's like his ghost, too. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Is it, Dennis... is it the ghost of John Chapman? Because John yes, Chapman maybe. is the actual name of Johnny Appleseed. So. Like, that's his nickname. Yeah, so this is the retelling of the story of John Chapman, who spent his life roaming the Midwest in America, which mostly consisted of Ohio and Indiana. Woo! Uh, Woo! Shout out to Ohio. (laughs) Uh, And he, it was back in the pioneer days, he planted apple trees, thus earning his famous nickname. The narrator is Dennis Day, who is supposed to be an old settler who knew Johnny well. That's like who he's playing as narrator. Um, and he also provides the voices of both Johnny and his angel. That's what it is. The angel. Of, mm. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the second longest short in the movie. It's like 17 minutes, um, because it's like legitimately telling the story of like how he decided to leave and then he plants all of these trees and, and then he just like becomes one with his whole idea of roaming the forests and planting more of these apple trees but then like the animals are so cute it almost reminds me a little bit of like disney princess where like the animals just come <laughs> like, like this... <laughs> they just like come and they're friendly and he loves them and like they help him out and... johnny appleseed the true first disney prince <laughs> <laughs> like the part where the skunk comes and eats the seed Meg, it was and a then... black and white cat it was a black and white cat and <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, the humans always hate that animal. But then, no, Johnny Appleseed just started petting it. He loved it. And then they were all of a sudden like, oh, this guy's cool. We're going to come out. We're going to help him. I just thought that it was cute. Um, and but love- then it's kind of like sad at the end how like he dies. And then he just gets up and he's like, what is that? And then, Your husk. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay. husk. <laughs> but I do like how he's like. No, I can't go. There's too much work to do. I got trees to plant. Yeah. It's cute. cute. So funny love- story. So funny story about Johnny Appleseed. When I was watching when I was watching it, um 
like a month or so ago for my write-up mm-hmm. i've always lo- i've always loved like when the guardian angel like the whole apple song where he talks about like every single type of thing that can be made from apples yes because one food and apples and yes. it all looks really good but there was the one there was the one dish that johnny calls apple sass and i'm thinking s-a-s-s and it's green and i don't know what it is and then i was watching when i was watching it last month I, I was watching it with my parents and I was like, what is applesauce? And as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just kind of like that moment where I'm like, why have I never caught, like I've, I've seen, I grew up watching this movie. I've never, I've never known what that was. And I don't know why I've never actually just like said it out loud. It's officially applesauce forever now. <laughs> Thank you. But we had to look any- up apple pickles because they kept saying apple yeah. pickles. I was just gonna ask, have any of you ever tried an apple pickle? <laughs> Don't no even day. know. <laughs> I did look it up and I was like, everything sounds good except the vinegar. I think that's just to like preserve it. Ferment it to little yeah. yeah, but like yeah. you've gotta taste that. Is that okay? Yeah. I don't think I'm okay with that. I don't think I want it. Try it in the name of Johnny. No, I'm yeah. good. I just love his tag phrase too. Like Wow, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he always says it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start saying that in my life. <laughs> I like it. Also, your cat's being adorable again. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, she's right there. <laughs> um, so I'm glad I get to talk about this one because little toot. Okay. Can we just talk about that for one second? Because it's hilarious. And I can't say yeah. it without smiling. Because, like, we're adults and we're grown-ups. I'm a grown-up kid, okay? I'm allowed to laugh at the word toot because it kept saying big toot and little toot. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> she really, like, I really couldn't. We would just, like, look at each other while it was playing and we're like... <laughs> I'm an adult. Um, but So this is about a little tugboat who uh, got into some trouble. He just wanted to be like his dad. He wanted to be like his dad, but then he kind of messed things up, and the police took him into custody. Like in jail! I felt so bad for him. He like dad... destroyed the city. I know. He took like basically the Titanic and like threw it on top of a city. That... <laughs> um, and then his dad had to pull around like a barrage of garbage. That was his punishment. But then uh, little Toot, he uh, saves the day. He finds a ship in distress. Yeah, and he and saves he them. saves it. He pulls it to safety. Little toot okay. became big toot. But can we just talk about how many times he got shot in the butt with lightning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get that, which I mean, unlucky. it worked, and it gave him apparently it gave him the strength to do it. But he just kept getting <laughs> shot by lightning over and over again to the point that he had to, like, towards the end of the film, he was just wearing this little wrap around, like. To I, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He had like a little butt yeah, sling. Yeah, like a sling. He had the sling. Yeah. Didn't that just happen in another? One? Oh no, Bongo. 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 Got Bongo. That's right. Bongo. Poor Bongo was unlucky with lightning too. Oh, what's going on with these storms, man? Back in the forties, they were nuts. Why did I get stuck with trees? <laughs> <laughs> you can have the next one too. Oh, wait, no, because you want Pecos. Uh, it's, uh, it's all right. Do you okay. want me to do trees? <laughs> no, I'll do trees. All right. My, my notes for trees is literally just trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a poem 
1913 poem called Trees by Joyce Kilmer. Uh, the music is by Oscar Razbach. Razbach. There we go. That's probably it. Performed by Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. Um, and it's just like scenes of the changing seasons. And like Katie said in the fun facts, they used like the frosted cells and all of that kind of stuff. It was like a new type of new way to like show the animation. It was the first time that anybody had done that. Yeah. And that's about it, folks. Well, that's, that's all. <laughs> um, so then we go to Blame It on the Samba, and I was excited when I saw it right away, because I was like, yes, Jose, <laughs> he's coming back. And he did. I don't know what was bumming out Donald and Jose so much in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, so sad. Yeah. They were blue, they were literally. Very sad. They were literally like, nothing could bring them up. The little Araquan bird. Araquan. Annoying as oh, he was, just couldn't get a smile out of him. But then... Oh, look out. We're going to play the samba. And they just, like, light up. What are you doing? I want to play the Araquan bird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I love, how, I love yeah. how they light up. Like, they do it in... Because I think they each get... He does, like, three different instruments for mm-hmm. each of them. Mm-hmm. And they get, like, a new, like, addition of color each time. Mm-hmm. That adds before they're finally yeah. in their normal happy mode. Right, and they're all, like... Ta-da! Like, I'm normal again. Yay, Samba. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you might not have caught this because you listened to a really sped-up version, but <laughs> <laughs> the part in the song where, like, it's just really, really, really fast, and it's a bunch of really fast words that sound sort of Spanish, maybe, but I'm, like, listening to it, and they're just saying things like Casablanca, avocado. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just like really fast in a row, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> nope, I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they were saying things like that. So, <laughs> for anybody who loves the Araquan bird, there's a YouTube video that is literally just ten minutes of him from the Three Caballeros. Yeah. After we watched the Three Caballeros, we found this and we like just played it and laughed for I don't even know how long. Because again, we're adults. Are you? Playing? Hey, I have it as my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Meg's pulling it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that bird. <laughs> it's the <laughs> that gets me. Yeah. <laughs> but then the whole segment, you know, he gets Donald Duck and Jose Carioca all excited to dance in on the samba, but then the whole rest of the time he's just causing trouble and like starting <laughs> fires and trying to make things explode and <laughs> drowning them. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I think that this is my favorite short from This is mine too. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I know that we're it's supposed to get one. to that in a in a minute, but <laughs> yeah, this is just, just so cute. It's also pretty trippy. I'm kind of like as I was watching it, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and I was like, what kind of drugs were they on? <laughs> I, I can't so wait for others, but... I'm calling Katie out on this right now, but I can't wait for her to see Alice in Wonderland for the first time. Oh my gosh, oh. yes. <laughs> yeah. That's trippy, but I cannot believe you've never seen that movie. Blame my parents, I don't I have no... I can't believe I, I married you and you've oh. never seen Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> that was long. 
I'm surprised you didn't have like a you know like a pre-engagement package of like here's what <laughs> movies you need to watch. I did make her yeah. watch Cinderella with me before we took her to Disney for the first time. Oh, good. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. my one like you are watching this. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not invited. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, okay. they they okay. always say that Pecos Bill is the only segment that has live action, but this one has a real person in it that's yeah. overlooked. Yeah. The organ player, piano yeah. player. You know, Man, I was really hoping. Smith. I was really. Yeah. I don't know. Is that the same girl that was in the Three Caballeros? No, I looked it up. <laughs> I wanted it to be because I loved that line when Jose was like, "She sells cookies." <laughs> cookies. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that Sorry, that is Carmen Miranda. <laughs> just like spit out my soda. <laughs> no, the one from Three Caballeros is Carmen Miranda's younger sister, or maybe she's the older sister. Oh, you're correct, I believe. But no, I totally thought it was the same thing, but sadly it wasn't. Yep, sadly not. Want to talk about your boy, Bill? Sure. All right. Pecos Bill. I wanted to like this short more than I did. Well, can I say that it started and we didn't know which one it was yet because it didn't have the title? So it starts off real slow and Meg's like, oh, not going to like this one. It's going to be boring. (laughs) And then they mentioned Pecos Bill and I was like, no, this is the one you've been waiting for. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Mm, It was okay. (laughs) It was okay. So, okay. So the final segment is about Texas's famous hero, Pecos Bill. Who was raised by coyotes later became the biggest and best cowboy that ever lived um so it like goes on about his story and how he was tamed by a beautiful woman named <laughs> Slewfoot sue uh at least it was that way and not the other way around like he tamed her then i would be pretty annoyed but you know what else. he falls in love with her at first sight um and then we also get to see Bobby Driscoll and Milana Patton, as we said before, um, they're, there's like a little bit of live action where they're, it's a group of cowboys and then they're basically telling the story of Pecos Bill to these two children. Um, can we talk about Bobby being like, oh, there's a woman in it. Get out of here, kid. Yeah, like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was just in Song of the South. True. (laughs) Sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) Um... They, like we said before, like they, in the re-release, removed a bunch of parts of Pecos Bill smoking, um, and they, but the version that I saw had it where he like rolled the cigarette with his tongue and then he lit it with a lightning bolt. It's very impressive. More lightning bolts. Yeah, lots of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is the Just longest. Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> and it is the longest um, short, which is 22 minutes. That is not a Disney really dash. Have... I don't really have much else to say about it. I mean, I do. It's, go. it's, oh, sorry. I have some stuff. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Well, it's sort of split into two segments because the first is them singing the Blue Shadows song, and which kind of goes on for a little too long. Yeah. Um, where it's just like the desert at night and animals doing stuff. And then, because that part's animated, but then it brings in the the pioneers or the cowboys or, yeah, cowboys, pioneers was Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, they're like, who's Pecos Bill? Pecos Bill. You've never heard of Pecos Bill. And, you know, then they get in the Pecos Bill story. So it's sort of yeah. split 
it's not just Pecos Bill. Like it's it's kind of two separate stories. So yeah, that first part is what made me be like, I'm not gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. like this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have some? Okay. Oh yeah. So a couple of things. First, the group that the sons of the pioneers, like the ones who are singing the the Pecosville story, that group still exists today, which I had no idea. Wow. Like it's a. I mean, like it's you know not the same guys because that they would be very old. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's but the same the same group Hmm. still exists. And also, I never knew that Roy, like, Roy Rogers and Trey, like, that was who was in the horse, like, the horse and the, and Uncle Roy are, like, they're famous old-time western cowboy oh. and horse. Yeah, he's a pretty famous movie star, I think, from back then, doing westerns. Hmm. That's cool. So they had musicians and, like, other people from the time. Yeah. That's neat. And all the children, like, all of the other people that were sitting around the fire that didn't say a word were just there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, extras existed even back then. This yep. is true. This <laughs> is true. <laughs> I just love, like, the absurdity of the story. Like, here's this guy, like, it's kind of like you see where it's going. Um, this total, like, BA guy, toughest guy in the West, meets this girl, falls head over heels, his best friend, the horse, gets jealous. Um, tries to interfere, <laughs> but he does interfere in a way where this girl bounces up to outer space and is never seen again. So here's Trigger the Horse. He gets what he wants, and Pecos Bill never knows that that's why. It's terrible. It's rude. It's, it's quite rude. <laughs> it's really rude. Well, and, and Pecos Bill is, you know, American folklore, but I wasn't sure if, you know, the feats of him creating Texas, like, you know, Carving the Rio Grande, are those actually the stories of what Pegasus Bill did, or were they just fabricated for the song? And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're fabricated, but I think they are. Like, I feel like they definitely are some tall tales that surround mm-hmm. his persona, and so they just kind of played up on it a like a little bit more, right? Which made for some very entertaining over-the-topness. It's really cool. I liked watching him carve the Rio Grande. Mm -hmm. Yes! Oh, that was so much fun. And he lassos the storm from California and brings it in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then the uh, not-so-great segment where he fights the Indians. Oh, Oh, the painted Indians. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I frowned on that a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, oh, man. They had to do that. I did... did, for For that particular section, I did like... The color, like the color, like the painted desert portion, yeah, where they showed the colors, and I think I rewound and was watch, just like watching that section, try to see what the colors were before they became this, you know, gorgeous painted desert. These like vibrant colors, yeah, like even the sky, even the sky got painted. Yeah, yeah, that part was pretty. Yeah, I just didn't like how they animated, like, him basically shooing them out of their land. Yeah. Yeah, But, Mm, yep. But that is, uh, that's what we did, so. Yeah. Yep. Let's bring this up. Let's talk about our favorite (laughs) segment. Yeah. I already said mine, and I know that Alex agreed with me, but I liked the Blame It on the Samba section. 
which was with Jose, and I'm sad that this is the last time that we really see Donald and Jose together all the way until Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Maybe they were in Bahia. I don't even remember. <laughs> Maybe they were in Bahia. <laughs> they were looking for more cookies. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't even... Bless you. Thanks. Um, I don't even remember... I haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit in forever, but I don't remember how they're, like, in that. It's probably, like, I know there's a scene where there's, like, a ton of cartoon characters, and, like, not all of them oh. have a speaking part. They might just, like, be part of a group, because okay. I don't remember exactly yeah, when either. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, yeah, I'm sad that this is the last time that we really get to see them for a while, so I guess we just have to go back and watch the Three Caballeros a bunch of times. Yep. <laughs> I think Bumble Boogie might be my favorite one. Just because I thought it was really It's cute. so artistic. Yeah, I think that's why yeah. I like it. Yeah. I don't really have much more to say than that, but um, I, think... I liked it. That's fine. <laughs> oh, Bumblebee's great. I, I think Johnny Appleseed is my favorite. Uh, just, I mean, I think I've seen that more than any other short, Disney short ever. I don't know why, but that's that's the recurring one. It's just so funny, like, I like it. It's the, a good story. The guardian angel is my favorite. Like, he's my favorite character from that. For sure. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, I like him. I like that you, like, you don't really realize that he's an angel because he's not the stereotypical yeah. white robe wings angel, but he's like a pioneer. So that, that was definitely creative. And I liked that they did that. Yeah. I agree. I do want, before I forget, I did, like, a part in Pecos Bill, though, because it was, like, when he was traveling the desert, like, dying of thirst, essentially, but because ours was, like, all high-pitched, he was like, water! <laughs> and it, we lost it, like, it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> we couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, but it was, like, so quiet and, like, meek. It was like, water! <laughs> oh, God. That was good. Oh, guys, it just gives you a whole different perspective <laughs> on this movie. Like, you guys just have to watch it I like think that. that's how Walt intended it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have a least favorite segment? Trees. Trees. <laughs> Is that even a segment, though? Like, <laughs> It's a second. Okay, so, so I always, I mean, I always skipped it when I was a kid because it was boring. It's, it is boring. It's, as an adult now, visually, it is, like, it is gorgeous. Yeah. Like, when you guys, when you guys finally get your, when your copy finally arrives, watch that, like, watch that segment, because it really is beautiful, but it's still, it's still, it's still boring. It kind of is, like, this weird, like, it just seems really random. It's, like, this weird it's this weird segment amongst all of these other more lighthearted, yeah, happier ones. Though my, I do love like the lat, like the very, very last line, just because the vocals, like when he goes into his like his little soul, like whoever was, I think it was Dennis O'Leary, or dear, can't remember. Um, he goes into his like little solo, like a tree, like he just like has like this gorgeous last line that is my favorite of that short but it's at the very end so it's beautifully boring it's yeah. beautifully boring <laughs> i would i would agree with that statement yeah do we have anything we took away from this movie 
good, bad. Music can tell a great story. <laughs> I like that. I was gonna say <laughs> that like what I took away is just to like make sure that you focus on the music and stories as well because they bring oh. such an important piece. Even in films that like you know, I mean like most of these are animated to the music specifically and like that is supposed to be the thing that you focus on but even if you take this to like action movies and uh, you know anything like for an example that I'll pull and I'm, we always have to mention Harry Potter at one point <laughs> in our podcast but, um, but we went to the celebration of Harry Potter at Universal this past January and they had a really cool segment that you could go to that talked about the music in the movies, and it was about how um, they're now doing this tour where they, where the your local orchestra plays the music to the movie live. So, like, you go to see your symphony and you're watching the movie, but they're playing it live. And during that segment, they just, like, showed us clips of the movie with nothing. Like, there was... Just script. Yeah, it was just the, cool. just the film and the script, and then they played it again with the music, and, like, they wanted you to compare how you felt while watching it. And the one was Quidditch. So the one part, oh, wow. it's in the very first movie, and it's Madame Hooch, and she's throwing the quaffle. I'm sorry for anybody who doesn't know Harry Potter, because none, <laughs> none of these words I are totally going to make sense to you. <laughs> if you don't all, know Harry Potter. <laughs> all muggles just fast forward about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So Madame Hooch takes the quaffle in the very first movie, and this is Harry's first Quidditch game. He, she throws it up into the teams, and then they start playing. It's like a swarm. Yes. So, like, they're swarming everywhere. And I don't know if anybody, like, can hear the music there, but it's just, like, it's very fast, and, you know, it's, like, suspense leading up to her throwing it, and then they fly everywhere, and it's just, like, fast-paced. And hearing that with nothing was so weird. And, like, you didn't feel the anxiety. You didn't feel the excitement of the game like nothing you didn't feel any of that while you were watching it just even though you had seen it a zillion times and you didn't feel anything one other really quick example was in harry potter and the goblet of fire harry's asking cho out to go to the ball with him and it's supposed to be very awkward and um like quiet and like this suspense type feeling but like awkwardness and like anticipation and whenever they played it with no music like it was horridly awkward like not in a good way like just total silence like they're staring at each other but then they play the music and it just like you feel harry's feelings that way yeah like i was like oh my god like i feel so bad for him like i can feel every emotion that like he's feeling in his head and like my eyes are tearing because i'm like thinking about how (laughs) bad i feel for harry right now because he just got turned down by like the girl of his dreams Eh. (sighs) show Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's eh, but, you know. <laughs> Team Ginny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, that is, you know, just, like, for a, for a more current example that people might know, like, for music, just think of, like, those kinds of movies and how they would feel with no music in them is just... They're just lifeless. Yeah. I mean, like, that's how... So, I'm sorry, I'm just... I am keep rambling, but, like... If you just think most movies or most novels are written, like, from a person's perspective, so you're, like, hearing their thoughts and, like, you're in their head while you're reading the book, when they put that into film, 
you don't have that in front of you to know like what they're supposed to be thinking or feeling or anything like that. And that's basically what the music does for you without you even like realizing that that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. So they can make you feel sad or they can make you feel happy or excited or anxious or scared or anything. And it's pretty mind blowing how much music can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Mm hmm. That was like my little soapbox for the episode. <laughs> I love it. It was a good soapbox. Thanks. Never yeah. take the music for granted, people. Exactly. <laughs> for me, I oh, I kind of took away um, that like variety really. I think I think I like this. Well, no, I I like this um, film more than Make Mine Music. Mm-hmm. Just because, I don't know, like, they, all, the segment, real, like, half minus trees. Um, <laughs> the segment, the segments were, like, they, they actually, like, fit better together. They're not just kind of, like, this, um, this, this bundle of shorts that they threw together to be, to, in order to put together a picture. They actually kind of, they actually do kind of flow together. I would they, agree. They, like, Tempos like tempos rise um, and then lower depending depending on which short you're you're watching, and then it'll and then it'll change with the next one. Yeah, I agree. This one does seem very like a lot more cohesive mm-hmm. than yeah. the others, even though they are separate stories. Honestly, I think that this one even feels a little bit more cohesive than Fantasia. Like to me, Fantasia seems really random. Some of the, like it's all very yeah. similar and everything, but like some of the scenes are just like, oh, now I'm looking at centaurs, and now there's these brooms walking around, and <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's yeah. just kind of like segmented. Whereas like this, I mean, the stories are very different, but they just flow so nicely and I think part of it is the transition pages that they put in they made all Mm -hmm. of the transitions similar yeah so the beginning the beginning of each short looks similar and I think that that helps bind it together more you're right the narrative also helps yeah could it also be the the type of music because with Fantasia I mean it's all it's all classical yeah like that was that was their big thing was that it was this classic other than that instrument warm up and the other like the the sound waves right. they were all classical pieces this one is more like has kind of more of a jet like a jazz pop ish vibe yeah. to it more jazz i would say 40s mm-hmm. yeah very definitely very very 40s yeah i think that that is part of it all the music is super cohesive not like i mean the music is obviously cohesive in Fantasia because it's all classical, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a preference. I just like these <laughs> stories better than the ones in Fantasia partially, just because some of the ones in Fantasia to me are a little bit boring. Listen, Fantasia didn't have Lil Toot, alright? Exactly, right? <laughs> and it didn't have the black and white cat in it. Right. Nope. Or Pecos Or Bill. Jose Carioca. I mean, come on. If Fantasia had Jose... Or the Araquan bird. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god. (laughs) All right. Does anyone have any final thoughts before we get to our Disney memory? Johnny Appleseed is the Legolas of the farmers with his (laughs) bag of (laughs) We are covering all the fandoms here today. We are. Does anyone want to throw a Star Wars reference in? 
Go see Solo. <laughs> Perfect. I still, I still need to, but I want mm. to this weekend. I think. Ooh, we're braving it. Yeah. Random thoughts. <laughs> if you're watching this ten months from now, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just saying, sorry. <laughs> Won't understand that reference. <laughs> All right, so. This week's Disney memory comes from Vanessa Aziz, which I think I actually said your name correctly. This is a first for me. Go me and pat myself on the back. Good job, Katie. (laughs) She says, I love Disney and has always been a major part of my identity. I was raised 15 minutes away from Disneyland in California. I'm so jealous. Yeah. My dad has always been a major fan of the park. I don't remember my first time at Disneyland. We have had Disney passes since I was three years old. Almost every day after work, my dad would get home, we would eat dinner, and my dad and I would drive to Disneyland for just a couple hours. That's the dream. When I got to be school age, we would go probably every couple of days and continue this tradition for years. But Disney snacks and goodies get expensive, so my dad would buy Costco-sized boxes of churros and would heat one up for me for the drive so I wouldn't beg for one at the park. And we had a freezer full of those glow necklaces and bra- bracelets they sell in the parks for the parade and fireworks show. I don't know where my dad found it, but if you freeze them... They light up again. Oh, I did know that. And I like the resourcefulness of this dad. <laughs> you <Yeah>. are smart. <laughs> Honestly. I know every nook and cranny of that park. Sometimes we would go and try to ride as many rides as possible. Other times we would just go hang out on Main Street and go to the old theater of black and white Mickey cartoons. I want to interject here really quick and say, Katie and I went to Disneyland for the first time this past October. And that theater with the black and white Mickey cartoons, was a lifesaver. Yes. It was so cool in there. It was so nice to just, like, take a seat on the ground and watch some of, like, the classic Mickey cartoons. Plain Crazy, like, Steamboat Willie. And mm-hmm. I just, I loved it. I love that theater. And I wish that the one at Magic Kingdom was still a legitimate theater. I almost forgot ahead. about that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts, too. Yeah. Uh, it was my playground and my backyard. It was our bonding place. When I hit 13 or 14, it became too cool to go with my dad, but the popular thing to do then was to get dropped off on Friday nights after work and meet up with other groups of teenagers. We'd walk around and flirt with guys from other middle (laughs) and high schools. When I graduated from high school, I moved away and therefore moved away from Disneyland. But about five years ago, I met my now husband and he and his family are huge Disney fans too. I live in Nevada, so it isn't a huge drive to go. I brought my dad back about two years ago and we had an amazing time together the joy on his face riding the teacups and thunder mountain railroad our favorite ride was wonderful that same week my now husband proposed to me at disneyland right in front of the castle he could not have picked a more perfect place we have amazing photos of him getting down on one knee but before he could even ask i dropped to my own knees and gave him (laughs) a huge kiss and a yes we now have a seven-month-old son, and at the end of this month, we will be bringing him to Disneyland for the first time. We could not be more excited to bring this love of Disney full circle. People ask why we are even bringing him this young, because he won't remember it, and to me, that is the point. I don't remember my first time either, because it has always been there as a part of me. I got chills. I love that ending. That's so cool. Because I don't remember my first time either, really. Like, the only reason I remember it is from family videos. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, it was just ingrained in me that that was family tradition and that was part of who I was. And I love that and I totally agree. Who cares if your kid's not going to remember it? First of all, you will. You will remember it. (laughs) And what, I mean, they're not going to remember their first time meeting Mickey, but, like, you're going to have those memories of seeing your child's face light up at the park and it's worth it. I also want to say... 
first of all, thank you, Vanessa. And second, I love that there's like two types of park goers. There's like the you and the Vanessa, the kids that have been there like their whole lives. It is a playground. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the other half who super appreciate it in a different but totally familiar same way who Mm -hmm. have gone later in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just the Disney magic. It works in so many ways, but everyone knows what that feeling is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Disney should sponsor us because we tell people to go to <laughs> Disney World in every single episode. <laughs> so, Disney, if you're listening, <laughs> we'll take that sponsorship. <laughs> All right. Well, huge thank you to Alex and Jocelyn. Yes, thank for you. For joining us. I think We're fun. That- a lot of fun. Yeah, this episode was a lot more in-depth and interesting than I thought that it was going to be. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it happens all the time. Whenever I'm like, you know, this movie was, like, really short. Or, like, with Fantasia, I'm like, I, I mean, it's it's great, but I don't know what I'm going to say about it. There's no words. Yeah. You know, and it turned out to be a really fun episode anyway. So, again. We always are like, this episode's probably going to be short. And it never is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, thank you guys, though. We really appreciate it. Alright, so, Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So make sure you've subscribed so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids Disney Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod to gain access to bonus episodes watch alongs with Megan and Katie once a month we'll pick a movie that we're covering and watch it and then lastly please send us your Disney memories to grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com so that it can be featured on a future episode thank you so much for listening make sure to watch so dear to my heart ahead of next week's episode um one ring rules them all may the force be with you (laughs) don't let the muggles get you down and don't forget adults are only kids grown up anyway Random show. All come to this happy place. Welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.